You are now listening to In Conversation with Mr. O, the podcast dedicated to machinery and equipment maintenance, reliability, and operations. It is presented by MRO Magazine, Canada's industry voice for maintenance and asset managers since 1985. Thank you for joining us today on In Conversation with Mr. O. I'm your host, Mario Sawinski, and our guest today is Steve Richmond, CEO of Project Tech Inc. Today, we will discuss how the expansion of 5G networks can benefit maintenance and repair operations. Thank you for coming on In Conversation with Mr. O today, Steve. Before we dive into the topics, can you give us a brief background of your expertise on the topics of 5G networks? Well, thanks for having me, Mario. It's a, it's a pleasure to be with you today. Um, my, my experience is not going to be directly with 5G, but what I can explain to you is that um, as the owner and operator of a software business for the last 30 years, there's, there's really a parallel in my mind in, in how uh, the advancements in communication from uh, copper wire lines to fiber and wireless and, and everything that's happened in the last 30 years has been directly proportional to the improvement and capabilities of the software business. So I've kept an eye on telecommunications um, this entire time because anytime there's an improvement in telecom, there's gonna be an improvement in uh, the delivery. We deliver software as a service. So um, our ability to deliver is um, basically only constrained by you know, bandwidth, you know, the size of the pipe and latency, which is the amount of time it takes for it to go from point A to point B. So um, I have had a, uh, an interest and uh, um, been watching and tracking the telecom space for many years. So 5G has been a big topic for quite a bit of time now. Uh, do, you do you see any obstacles to 5G adoption? And if so, what are they and how do industries address them? Well, I think the biggest obstacle for 5G is that it's uh, completely new hardware both um, on both ends. So um, there's a, a tremendous capital outlay. The build out is tremendously uh, large. And um, I think it's going to take time. You're going to see it build out first, you know, in the, in the densely populated metropolitan areas. And it'll take a while for it to get out to uh, the hinterlands. But um, certainly an improvement over uh, predecessors. And, um, you know, I think the biggest challenge is just the capital and the amount of time it's going to take to roll it out. Now, can you expand a little bit on how industries can address the obstacles? Well, I think you have to, um, you know, prove the use case first, taking advantage of 5G to replace, um, you know, what might be difficult um, wireline connectivity is certainly uh, a big push for a lot of companies, you know, the cost to run a connection, whether it's a fiber connection or a copper connection from, you know, from the pole, so to speak, to the building, those costs can be kind of high, whether you're stringing that wire or uh, you're burying it. The 5G kind of solves what they refer to as the last mile problem. And for many companies, it can be um, pretty cost effective in that regard. Do you believe all industries are prepared for 5G adoption? No, Mario, I don't. I think um, a large number of industries in the U.S. today have yet to um, embrace wireless within the manufacturing environment, as an example. Um, still, uh, you know, wireless of any kind in 5G is, you know, the brand new uh, the brand new technology out there. But they're many, many years behind in a lot of manufacturing environments. There are some industries, of course, that uh, leverage wireless better than others, but I think uh, 
an awful lot of companies are behind the curve. Can you discuss some that have been able to be prepared for 5G? Well, I think your telecommunications companies obviously are going to be your big adopters. For them, it's um, it's adding capacity, and um, you know, capacity is 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 money. So anywhere um, you get more connected nodes, and there's a, a methodology for collecting on those connected nodes, you're going to see uh, you're going to see adoption. Um, telecommunications for sure. Uh, disparate industries where you have people uh, on the move, not centralized, uh, anywhere where you can pass on the cost, I think you're going to see a, a high adoption rate. Do you see any difference between industries in Canada and the U.S., or is it sort of very similar? I view that all as pretty similar. I don't um, personally, you know, we do business in Canada and vice versa. We have Canadian partners that do business down here. I've, I've never seen a big disparity there at all. Switching gears a bit, what are the most significant advantages of 5G technology? Uh, the most significant thing, the 5G, I mean, most people would assume, and it's true that it's faster um, and it has lower latency. So there's, there's less dropped calls, less blue screens. The connectivity is more reliable and it's faster. But certainly the biggest advantage to 5G is, is capacity. I, I use the example of uh, going to a, a sports event. You know, if you were at a Packers game and there's 60,000 people at Lambeau Field, you, you will probably find problems with the connectivity from your phone, as an example. Um, and that's because there's too many people in too small of an area for current technology to manage. And what 5G is going to do is it, it will multiply uh, the number of nodes that it can handle in a given uh, geospace. So in the same example, I would think you'd find 5G to be pretty reliable for almost everybody in that stadium. It's about capacity. One, one cellular node can handle many, many times the number of calls or connections that uh, existing technology can handle today. Will the emergence of 5G necessitate new approaches to cybersecurity? Not fundamentally, I think the biggest change is what I just spoke to that you're, you're talking about uh, somebody managing 100 connections to somebody managing a few thousand connections. So whatever security products you use are going to have to scale. Um, I think the challenges are going to be the same. Uh, typically, cybersecurity breaches are a function of, you know, a door being left open, a way for people to get in. And um, the more connections you have, the more nodes on the network, the more opportunity there is for, for something to be uh, left open or, or unprotected. So I think the fundamentals will be the same. I think scale is going to be the big trick. Focusing on maintenance, how will 5G technology impact enterprise asset management or computerized maintenance management systems? Well, I think there's a couple of use cases. Uh, the first one that comes to mind would be, you know, remote assets, um, wind turbines don't typically uh, uh, live in urban areas. They're out uh, in more remote places. Uh, the same with uh, solar farms and other, you know, communication devices are, are typically remote. So the ability to connect to those wirelessly is, is advantageous. Again, we go back to the cost of connecting hardwire or fiber. Um, being able to 
connect a lot of people at the same time and in a geospace is going to be the big advantage. You know, communications in general are going to improve. The other thing, Mario, is, you know, as the cost of the installation goes down, once 5G becomes um, somewhat ubiquitous, the, um, the ability to connect more machines to the network is going to go up. A lot of equipment today is, is managed um, remotely um, and primarily with human intervention. And the ability to uh, monitor assets remotely via wireless is going to improve. So I think you're going to see a lot more machine-connected data collected as opposed to having um, a human being assess the condition of an asset at some point in time. The asset itself is going to be able to uh, communicate back and, and give critical data about its condition at, at, at a given point in time. And I think there'll be a, a large... Uh, increase in the amount of that. There's a couple advantages for maintenance and reliability. One, of course, is that you can monitor more equipment more effectively. You're connected to more of your assets. And um, the information that you're gathering is also machine-generated information as opposed to, uh, you know, a human being uh, putting a reading into a system via a phone or, uh, you know, entering data. You're eliminating the human aspect, which means the quality of your data is going to spike. It's going to be much higher. And I think that, you know, the quality data is something that uh, we in the reliability business have struggled with for many years. You know, computerized maintenance management's been around since the 80s. But uh, most of the data that goes into those systems is human generated, which makes it very challenging to identify and troubleshoot problem areas because there's always going to be a difference in the way data is recorded or communicated and it's tough to uh, interpret people's readings um, you know the way we talk the way we spell things um, it's all challenging for for data systems but uh, when you're talking machine to machine you're uh, you're talking consistent high quality data which i think improves your ability to troubleshoot manage and maintain as you mentioned a lot of companies do monitor their systems remotely. Do you think that 5G will have a larger uptake for, for companies that have sort of been lagging behind? I think that it will eventually. Um, you know, like any new technology, there's a curve and it'll take time for, uh, for people to adopt. But as it becomes more uh, commonplace, the pricing will come down and it will become uh, adopted more and more across the board, in my opinion. Do you have any tips on how industries could leverage 5G in their asset management, maintenance, and repair operations? Yeah, I think, you know, connectivity being the big thing, um, you have to prioritize your assets, which ones are important, which ones are expensive. Um, criticality certainly comes into the equation. But I, I think finally being able to connect assets uh, back to the mothership, so to speak, so that information and uh, conditions can be uh, monitored remotely is, is a big opportunity for, uh, you know, especially people managing remote assets. And it's also a big bonus now that a lot of people are working from home that they can still look at how their assets are performing at the at their manufacturing plant or whatever industry they're in. Yeah, that's a good point. And actually, it brings up the other um, advantage to 5G, and that is in a residential environment. So many of us now work from home 
And again, connectivity to the home in many, many parts of the world is very constrained. There's, there's not a lot of bandwidth in some areas. It's um, high latency or it's slow. Uh, capacity is very slow. And what you can do with 5G in a, in a neighborhood, for instance, is by hanging a repeater on a pole somewhere, you can, you can service uh, numerous homes at the same time with um, a high-speed, low-latency signal. And the cost for you know, your local carrier to connect a neighborhood is much less than um, you know, trenching and bringing fiber to the home. Fiber to the home is expensive. You know, numbers run between $500 and $1,500 per per house, but when you can hang a 5G repeater somewhere and uh, connect up 10 or 20 homes, the uh, the cost goes down and then that enables these work from home people to have a lot more bandwidth to do a lot more uh, video conferencing. And of course, uh, if you're in the maintenance and reliability business, it's, it's all about, you know, connecting your assets and being able to work remotely. So there's some big advantages from, uh, from a communications perspective. Yeah, my joke is always as long as I have Wi-Fi, I can work on the moon. So I guess in this case, as long as you got 5G, you can work on the moon. Yeah, 5G is going to be a big enabler. Think uh, Wi-Fi on steroids, right? The uh, the distance that will travel is is farther, it's faster. Um, again, the latency is lower, so it makes for more reliable connectivity. But um, you're correct. It's an enabler, if that's easy enough for Steve to say. Now, will the adoption of 5G necessitate new infrastructure or systems for industries? Yeah, absolutely. It's all new. Whether you're at a telecom head-end connection point, you know, a large communications building, all that hardware is new, and then everything along the, along the way from the head-end out into uh, the connections. Uh, everything's different. Everything's new. So all the infrastructure changes. Remember, when you're talking wireless, it, it's just less wire is what it is. Um, you're getting a, a wireless signal closer to the user, but all wireless communication wants to get to fiber somewhere. So you want to get back to the pole and the pole's got a wire, you know, got a fiber optic connection on it. Or you want to get back to a cell tower. All cell towers have fiber optic connections in them. Um, the fastest way to move data is over fiber. But when you go with 5G, you're going to have more options, more connections, but all of those connections are ultimately looking for the fiber so they can get back home and, and it can be disseminated across the country or across the world. Now, will 5G implementation be expensive? It's very expensive. You'll see the, you know, the big telecom people bragging about it. T-Mobile seems to have a little bit of a jump on others like Verizon and AT&T, but it is a, um, it's a capital hog. There's a lot, there's billions and billions of dollars being spent on the conversion to 5G. And as I said, it's, it's going to make the most sense in urban areas where there's lots of customers. So you're going to see the big cities first and um, then the tier two cities and so forth. And what are some of the expenditures that industry should expect if they decide to adopt 5G? I think it's the hardware primarily. If your systems are connected today in some way, those connections are probably going to have to be upgraded. You know, just think of cellular phones. If you have a cell phone today, it's probably not a 5G enabled phone. So um, once 5G becomes available, that's going to be a decision everybody's going to have to make about upgrading their phone and uh, moving on to the next, uh, the next wave. 
my personal phone is a 5G, but unless you're in, you know, in the big city, you're you're not getting 5G, you're getting 4G, right? That's correct. They'll build them backwards compatible, but if you were in a big city and you had an older phone, you would need what you're carrying today. Now, what are the industries that you believe will be the most impacted by 5G and why? I, I think you're going to see the adoption first and industries are going to be able to pass the cost along. You know, telecommunications people are going to be able to raise their prices. You know, healthcare is a good use case. If you think about all the equipment and the connectivity they need in a hospital today, um, 5G is a godsend for them. It's very expensive, but at the same time, those are costs that can be passed along. I think anybody that's in the, the government contracting business will be an adopter. The government's going to want more connectivity and better connectivity. And, and again, the contractors, many of them work cost plus, so they'll be able to pass that along. And um, certainly the technology business, you know, whether you're providing software as a service or you're doing software development remotely, even uh, the manufacturing, you know, chips and routers and all those things, um, all those companies are going to be able to take advantage of better communication. And certainly the industry they're in, they're going to be able to pass that cost along a lot easier. What do you see as the time frame for adoption where the majority of companies or at least more than half would have 5G? I think you'll see, um, you know, a three to five year window before we get that kind of penetration. It's an industry I hadn't talked about yet, but, you know, automobiles are a, a huge user of com uh, communications and connectivity going forward. Um, I'm a Tesla fan. And my car is constantly connected and constantly passing back information about its condition and uh, how I'm driving it, which, you know, you may or may not be a fan of. But, um, you know, Tesla's all camera driven now. So there's a lot of video, which is heavy bandwidth intensive. And um, those automobiles are making decisions, you know, in milliseconds. And that's all about speed and lack of latency. So you're going to see a tremendous amount of uh, 5G adoption for the auto industry is going to drive a lot of it. Now, you mentioned in-car for 5G. Do you see a lot of automotive plants implementing it in their plants? I think some will. They've got bigger, uh, they've got bigger issues now. I think uh, the traditional car companies are all struggling with um, moving on from uh, internal combustion to to, to electric and um, that's sapping up an awful lot of their capital. I do think in a, you know, a greenfield plant, if you were building something from the ground up now, you'd see a lot of uh, use for this, but as they're uh, converting, maybe they're gonna be a little slower. I'm not sure it's gonna be at the top of their priority list. All right, sounds good. Once again, thank you, Steve, for coming on the show today. That was a lot of great information and insight to digest. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Mario.